Hi, and welcome to the West Visalia Audio Podcast. Each message is designed to help you grow and inspire you to take action. Please take a moment to hit the subscribe button, and don't be shy to drop us a message if you have a question. Thanks for listening, and God bless. Well, I wish everyone a a Merry Christmas, and I hope that your holiday plans go well, you know, in the next week or so. I do know that this year things are a little bit different. Um, Maybe some of the travel plans that you had aren't going to take place, or maybe certain family members that you were planning on seeing you're not going to be able to visit this year. I know things like that are a little bit different for us, and it makes it kind of a challenge, and sometimes it just doesn't feel the same. You know that kind of whole idea, and I'm sure maybe maybe you echoed that that same kind of um, thought. Um, Yesterday, I went out Christmas shopping for Zinni, and normally in a Christmas time, it's supposed to be in a crowded store with everybody. They made everybody wait outside. That was different, right? I mean, that's not what we're used to around Christmas time. But the, the things that make Christmas special, you know, um, principles like peace and glory to God and goodwill toward men and all that, which is biblical. Luke chapter 2, verse 14 shows us that is biblical. Those principles spreading that kind of message can take place, you know, no matter what changes have to happen in our typical, um, you know, Christmas traditions. As a preacher, too, Christmas is kind of one of those weird times because I'm kind of a Bible nerd. I'm a history nerd. And sometimes some of the, the practices about Christmas aren't always biblically or historically accurate. Our traditional manger scene, do some studying, isn't the most accurate display of actually what it probably would have looked like, you know, and different things like that. It's kind of a fun study. St. Nicholas is actually originally famous for slapping a heretic named Arius who denied that Jesus was equal to God the Father. Look that up. It's the coolest story ever, by the way. At the Council of Nicaea, it said that he reached across the table and slapped him. So that's a really cool story. But again, people don't care about that unless you are kind of a history Bible nerd like myself. But it makes for Christmas time to be kind of interesting because you'll gather together with family, you'll be with friends, and people will bring up some thought and you'll go, you know, actually, and then no one cares actually what you think about it. But this morning, we're going to cast off all of those kinds of things. And what I want us to think about today is this. No holiday or holiday traditions are needed to spread peace on earth and goodwill toward all. Whether or not your Christmas plans got turned upside down this year or not, we can still spread that message. And whether or not you are able to do what you normally do this year around Christmas isn't needed to celebrate Jesus. We don't have to have a special day or or a special tradition to celebrate him. So the idea of celebrating Jesus that's so thankful that they do on Christmas Day, we need to celebrate Jesus all the time. I came across a quote I thought that was powerful by a brother by the name of Wes McAdams. He said this. He said, statements like Jesus is the reason for the season are almost insultingly understated. Jesus is the reason for every season. In fact, Jesus is the reason for everything. See, we kind of limit him a little bit. Now, I'm glad we make a season to remember Jesus. Our world needs more of those, okay? But the idea of just limiting Jesus to to one specific season limits the scope of how great Jesus is. Jesus is the reason for everything. The reason we are here, the reason we exist, the reason this world is created is, is Jesus. Colossians chapter 1, In verse 16, talking about Jesus, in fact, the entire book of Colossians is about the supremacy of Jesus. If you have free time this week, maybe you're on a little Christmas break, go through your book of Colossians and underline every time deity is mentioned, okay? Over and over again, countless times you have God, Jesus, 
the Father, the Son, the Spirit, Him, He being mentioned referring to God. It says, for by Him all things were created in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Him and for Him. He is before all things and in Him all things hold together. Jesus is the reason for everything. More than just a season. More than just a symbol of, of goodwill, which yes, of course, Jesus, when we think about him, whether we remember his arrival there in Bethlehem, the birth through the Virgin Mary, all of that, of course, reminds us of, of Jesus and how great he is, but it's so much bigger. In Jesus, everything that we know, everything that we experience, everything that we're a part of is all because of him. So Jesus should be remembered and Jesus should be celebrated. Well, let's get a little bit deeper then. Why specifically the birth of Jesus? Because I know we, we, we celebrate the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, you know, on a weekly basis as a church. We, we commune every week. We're going to do that here in a bit. We remember his death, burial, resurrection. When someone is, is baptized into Jesus Christ, they celebrate, in a sense, his death, burial, and his resurrection. But what about the idea of the birth of Jesus? Why is that something that we remember and that we celebrate, that we teach, and that we study? Because I think sometimes you see a pendulum shift at times. People look at the birth of Jesus as a cutesy story, and that's all they focus on. Or they forget about the birth of Jesus and only focus on Jesus the, the man and Jesus the teacher and Jesus the resurrected Lord, which of course is the foundation of our faith, but, but there's truth in his birth. And his birth is very significant. There's a reason that the Gospels mention it, okay? There's a reason why that story is repeated throughout them. It is a significant event. It must be remembered, and we should celebrate it. Let me tell you why. The birth of Jesus, him coming to earth here, Jesus being born long ago in Bethlehem, reminds us that God came to earth. That's what makes that event so special. Now, I know there's a lot of miracles that surround it, the, the star guiding them, you know, the visit of, of the Magi or the wise men, or, you know, all the events of prophecies being fulfilled, the angelic messages to, to Joseph and to Mary and all of that. I know there's a ton there. But the biggest point that makes the birth of Jesus something to remember and to celebrate more than just one day a year, by the way, is the fact that God came to earth. Now, if you're new to the Bible, you might be thinking, I I'm confused a little bit. Now, you've probably heard a term before like Trinity and things like that. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, trying to comprehend the triune nature of God is outside of my abilities. I think really when we define it specifically as a Trinity and all that, we sometimes even then limit it. But however, when we look in Scripture, we find that we have God. God is, is demonstrated in three different personalities. I don't mean that in a split personality way, but there's three beings that make up the eternal God. You have God who's the Father. You have God who's later the Son, Jesus. And the pre-incarnate Jesus was called the Word, John chapter 1, verse 1. And you have the Holy Spirit. All three of these entities, beings, persons make up what we would call God, what usually like the Hebrews would refer to as Yahweh, that God right there. God has existed for all time, you know, for all eternity and will always exist. Well, that eternal God 
in a sense, came to earth in the form of the personality or the person being Jesus, the Son. That's what makes the birth of Jesus so big. It was the eternal God coming to earth to dwell among man. Think about that. God in the heavens, God who's above all, through all, in all, created all, outside of the universe. You know, I follow some pages on Instagram about astronomy, and they show pictures of different galaxies and nebulas and all of that. And every time I look at these pictures and they talk about how far away these images are, I just think, man, God is so huge. He's so big because he's even outside of all of that. That eternal God came to earth in Jesus. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, that famous prophecy that was, God, that was later fulfilled in Jesus Christ, it says, therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, you might be thought well, Mary called um, Jesus Jesus. She didn't name him Emmanuel. Does that mean that prophecy is inaccurate? you got to understand, names have meanings. El is a name for God, by the way. Emmanuel means God with us. And when it is fulfilled later in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, it is explained to us that Emmanuel means God with us. The prophecy way back in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, was that the virgin was going to give birth to God. That God would be with us. Think about that. God of the universe coming to earth to dwell among men. God with us. It's so significant that, you know, Matthew, Mark, and Luke start with the birth story of Jesus. John, in his gospel, goes way back even before that. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word there is what John is using to refer to Jesus before he was called Jesus. What was Jesus called before he became Jesus? Yeah, there you go. I like it. Colter is God. Absolutely. He was in the beginning with God, right? Jesus, prior to coming to this earth, existed in the heavens. John describes him as the word. It's a Greek word, logos. It's the idea of even beyond that. It's like reason and thought. He, Jesus, was in the beginning with God. And it says in verse 3, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. John wants us to understand that prior even to Jesus coming to this earth, Jesus existed. He existed with God and as God. Now, we can't make that understanding a lot of times in comprehension there because that's not how we operate as humans, but that's how God operates. He can be with and part at the same time. All things were made through him, through Jesus. He is that great creator. Verse 10 says, he was in the world and the world was made through him and yet the world did not know him. And then we, we find out later into verse 14, it says, and sorry, that should say 14 on the screen. It says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. That's Jesus. Jesus was the eternal God, is the eternal God, coming to the earth in flesh. God came to earth in Jesus. That's what makes the incarnation, the birth, the transition of God in the heavens to Jesus, the man here on earth, so significant. 
Because it's God on earth, and when God's on earth in the form of Jesus, he experienced everything we experience. He experienced pain like we do. He experienced sadness like we do. He wept when he saw, you know, his friends weeping over the death of Lazarus. He experienced, you know, uh, relationships in the sense that he had friends and, and, and all of that. He experienced what it's like to have family on earth. He experienced those temptations that we go through. Remember Satan in Matthew chapter 4 tempted Jesus with the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, all of that. God came to earth, experienced all those things that we experienced and knows what we're going through, can, can understand us, and can, can comprehend what it's like to be human and yet be God at the same time. He experienced what we experienced. That's what made Jesus so special because God came to earth. You know, there's a passage like probably every time, every year around this time because I think it tells the story of Jesus so beautifully, and that's in Philippians chapter 2. This, and I, actually my study recently, I learned this. I didn't know this before, but this section of Philippians is written with a cadence to it. It's poetic in nature. Now, in English, we lose it. But, but in the Greek, this is written like a song. There's thoughts that this was an ancient Christian hymn. This was, when Paul's writing this, it's like he's, he's praising Jesus, or at least what Jesus did here. In this section, we lose it a little bit in English, you know, maybe some of the rhythm of the words and things like that we don't see because our words aren't the same. But in Philippians chapter 2, it says this, and I'm actually starting verse 5. It says, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. That's what we've been talking about, right? Here you have Jesus prior to coming to this earth, existing as the eternal God, right? And yet he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped or to cling to. If you're reading from an older translation, it might say something like he did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. It's this idea that Jesus didn't just hold to it. He let it go. It says, but he emptied himself. He laid aside his privileges, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of a man. God in the heavens laid aside his godhood, in a sense, to come to earth in the form of a human being that could suffer, feel pain, and die. That's what Jesus did. It all started there in Bethlehem, right? That's why the birth of Jesus is so significant. It says, but being found in appearance as a man. So he came to earth as a man, but you know what? Even as a man, he didn't walk around as an earthly king with an earthly army conquering and, and pillaging and plundering everywhere he went. No, he took on the form of a servant. It says, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name which is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, those that are in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's what makes the incarnation, the birth of Jesus, so significant. And you know what? When we think about the fact that God came to earth in Jesus, no holiday, no holiday traditions are enough to explain that awesomeness of it. Now, I love Christmas songs, but they can't tell the story enough. I love, you know, um, I don't mind even historically inaccurate manger scenes. I like that. 
Okay, the people are thinking about Jesus. That's awesome. I like people remembering Jesus on December 25th and all of that. But no holiday, no holiday tradition is enough to explain the awesomeness of the fact that God in the heavens came to earth in the form of man. And not only just a man. Think about this, too. And I know I've said this before. The fact that God was humbled himself so much, he did not come in the form of an adult. He came in the form of a child. And even more than that, he spent time in the womb. At one point, God of the universe, bigger than creation as we know it, anything that we can comprehend beyond our understanding, the infinite God became the smallest possible form of a human when we're first conceived there in the womb. That's huge. Think about that. The eternal God became the infant unborn Jesus, later born, and so on. No holiday, no holiday tradition can explain how awesome that truly is. God came to earth. God, don't just say that flippantly. God came to earth in Jesus. That's a huge sacrifice. Why? Why did he do that? What motivated God to do that? Well, you know, when the angel appeared to Joseph and was trying to encourage Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, you know, because Mary was found with child and, and Joseph, you know, wanted to send her away and all of that. The angel comes to Joseph and says, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. And he tells him, he says, she will bear you a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save the people people from their sins. That's why God came to earth in Jesus to save us. The reason Jesus was born, you know, 2,000 years ago there in Bethlehem, the reason that they used, you know, a feeding trough for his cradle, the reason that all of that he went through, the reason that he had to, to flee out of there to go to Egypt for a time because of the death of the firstborn from Herod, all of that. He did that because God wanted to save me and you from our sins. He came to earth, didn't live the life of a king, but lived the life of a working class person. And later, he didn't even have a place to lay his head, the text says. And he had to suffer. He had to be beaten. He had to be whipped. He had to be nailed to a cross and die. He did all of that for us. God came to earth so that we could be saved from our sins. See, our sins deserved a sacrifice. Our sins deserved death to be made right. And the only death that could save the world, that could atone for the sins of all mankind for all history, is the death of God himself. So God came to earth as Jesus was born, lived, buried, and died so that we could have forgiveness. But he also rose again so that we could have the hope of eternal life. Jesus came to this earth. God came to this earth through Jesus so that we could be saved from our sins. So yes, this morning we do wish everyone a Merry Christmas, and we hope that your Christmas time, you know, traditions as a family and even as a community, whatever, are not stifled in a way that causes you any kind of discouragement. But also understand that no matter what happens and what traditions have to change and how holidays have to be adapted, you know, this time of year and all of that, this holiday isn't even enough to think about and to celebrate and to remember the significance of the fact 
that God came to earth in Jesus. The lesson is yours this morning. In just a moment, Brother Steve is going to come back up here and lead us in another song. But let me encourage you to think about Jesus. Think about his birth and think about its significance. And talk about the significance of his birth with your family. Make it more than just a story for the kids in Sunday school. Talk about it like a grown-up. And the fact that God came to earth to die on the cross and to save us from our sins. The lesson is yours. Steve's going to come up to the microphone and lead us in that song. Why don't we all stand together as we sing this next song? Let's all stand. Thanks again for listening to West Visalia Audio. We hope these messages have helped you grow and inspired you to take action. Be sure to check in each week for more on-the-go content or visit our YouTube channel to watch the live video. Thanks for participating and God bless. Thank you.